Hey, my name is Jake Wood. I serve here at JFC. A uh, couple things. If you're listening to this and you've been blessed by a message or a podcast, uh, we'd love to hear about how that has blessed you. Feel free to connect with us at mystory@jfc.org. Also, if this has blessed you and you'd like to give towards uh, the ministries here at JFC, uh, you can do that through the app or log on to jfc.org forward slash give. And lastly, uh, we're in a message series called Colossians 3.23, and it's talking about God in the workplace. We think you're really going to enjoy it. Be blessed. Whatever work you do, do it with all your heart. Do it for the Lord and not for men. Well, hello. Happy Mother's Day. I was going to have you all cheer for me because I didn't have any food stains from children on me. But I cannot have you do that because my child spit up on me downstairs through a burp cloth and everything. I was like, awesome. But I think you can all cheer for A for effort, right? I'm here. I was on time. But we're so excited to have you all here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you are a mom or you know a mom, we're so excited that you are a part of this message. Um, But before we jump into it, there's a few announcements that I need to make. And the first one is we have been highlighting a different sponsor each week of this series that has been sponsoring our 5K. And this week's winner is Stacy Pereira. She is an Arbonne representative. So guys, if you have not bought your ladies a Mother's Day gift, she's maybe your woman to talk to. But great job, Cece. Thank you so much for sponsoring our 5K. And then the second announcement is one that's very near and dear to my heart, and it is we are starting a young adults ministry here at this church. We have recognized that it is a great need that this church has, and so we are kicking off our summer with a get-together on Friday, June 9th here at the Lone Tree Campus at 7 p.m. So if you are a young adult, I am personally inviting you to come and join us. I would love to meet you if I haven't met you before. It's going to be a time of worship and a short message, but ultimately it is a time for you to connect with people your age. Our goal is that you would make friends that become lifelong friends and that you can do life with. We want to get you plugged into this church, so please come for um, any up-to-date information, though. I won't, I won't judge you right now, but go ahead and pull out your phone and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jubilee Young Adults. It's okay. Sneak them out. But please follow us and you can get all the information just in case you forget. But Friday, June 9th is when we are meeting for summer. Um, We are currently in a series right now called Colossians 3.23. I know it's a really original name, real original title, but the scripture that goes along with that is whatever work you do, do it with all your heart. Do it for the Lord and not for men. And what perfect series to be in when we're talking about the work of a mother, because it really is work and it really is a job. I've had quite a few jobs in my life, but none have been harder or more exhausting or more messy or more rewarding um, than being a mom. 
it is the ultimate job. It is the hardest job, but it is such an amazing job and honor that we get to have as moms. So today I want to share with you, if I could impart anything to you, there would be three truths that I want to talk about today. Three things that I think God wants us to know as mothers, or if you're listening and you're not a mom, remind the moms around you of these three truths, and I'm sure that there are more than three truths, depending on how long you've been a mom. I've been a mom for two long years. But in these two years, God has really shown to me and revealed to me different things. But I think there's these three truths that God wants to share with you today and wants to talk to you about today. Whether you're just starting out and this is your first Mother's Day or you have adult kids and you are no longer, they're no longer under your roof. Is it not true that we never stop being moms? So the truths about being moms never stop being truths. So the first truth is this. Number one, your work matters. Your work matters. When I first became a mom, people, I, I took a step back from um, working at a full-time job and became just part-time here and there and really stepped into the role of motherhood, which was awesome. But when people would ask me, what do you do? I, I would almost feel shame of like, well, I'm just a mom. I'm just a mom. That's all I do. And the Lord has shown me, you are not just a mom, you are a mom. You have been given the responsibility of raising children and teaching them in my ways. And that matters. That matters what I am doing. Our day, I have a two-year-old who actually turned two this past Monday. So now every day is his birthday. He's told me, birthday, mommy, birthday. No, not today. He actually told me, happy birthday, mommy. He thinks my birthday's today, not Mother's Day, which is awesome. Like, I'll take that. But our day, wait, and then I have an 11-week-old. So we're very busy. We're also a little crazy. It's okay. We just go with it. But I wake up, and I feed them, and I change them, and I change their clothes because we've spilled oatmeal all over our clothes somehow, and it's on my son, and it's on me, and it's on my couch, and my dog now is throwing up oatmeal. It's crazy. It's just crazy. And then I make beds, and in between making beds, all the toys have been dumped out four times, I cannot keep up with cleaning my house. And then it starts all over again. And then my son is two and is starting to throw fits, which is awesome. It's so much fun. And I think, okay, it's bedtime and it's 10 a.m. Oh, great. Right? We go through these actions. Or if you have a teenager, I'm sure you feel the same way. I was that kid. My mom probably, if she could have, told, would have told me it was bedtime at 10 a.m. But we go through all these moments, and sometimes there's these, these thoughts of, oh, this does not matter. Why am I doing this when we're having meltdowns over, I want to watch cars, but I put cars on, and then it's no longer the cars he wants to watch. I, I don't, I, why does this matter? But I get to the end of the day. Every single day, my husband and I, at nighttime, we pray for our boys and um, right as Ezra is going to bed, the two-year-old, JJ will leave, and then I just get a moment alone, just him and me for a second. And at the end of every day, I ask him, Ezzy, did you have a good day today? And he tells me, best day, mommy. And I think in that moment, everything I did up to that time mattered to him. And I didn't even recognize it. Our normal moments are their magic moments. 
They're magical to them. Every kiss I've given him, every hug I've, I've held him in, every um, tear I've wiped away from falling off of so many different things throughout the day, every moment I've had to take a second to teach him discipline are moments that matter. You matter to your kids. So if we were to look at the most famous mother of all, who would it be? Mary, yes, I'm not tricking you, it's Mary. And I think we often think, oh, she had a relationship like, oh, Jesus, I love you, I honor you. I'm sure that was part of it. But at the same time, she was a mom to him. I'm sure she wiped boogers out of his nose. You've been there, right? It's gross to everyone else. I thought that would be gross till I had my own kids and I have a snot sucker now that suck. I suck it out of his nose. But this is, Mary did those things, okay? She did it too to Jesus. She, she held him when he cried over who knows what. Those two-year-olds, crazy. But she was a mom, and she saw her son just like we would see our babies. And we get this little glimpse into their relationship in John 2, 1 through 11. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. I love this. I feel like it is just in moms to be bossy to their children. It's just like, no one has to teach me to boss my child around. And here's Mary. She doesn't even ask. She's not even like hinting. She's just like, it's a statement. There's no more wine. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> right? She just, what are you going to do about it? You fix this problem. And he replies, woman, do not involve me in this. Not even mom, woman. Do not tell me to do anything. But I, like, I love this response. She just completely ignores him. She just literally disregards what he says. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, so he just, like there's no more debate at this point, right? Like mom stepped up and goes, oh no, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said... Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first. Here's his first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. There's a couple of things that Mary does for Jesus in this moment that we as mothers are called to do for our children and why we matter so much. The first one is this, she believes in him. She recognizes who he is because keep in mind from before he was even born, when the angel visits her, she knows who she's carrying. This is the son of God, right? She's fully aware of this and raising him, the responsibility in that. So we come to this wedding and here she is and she goes, I believe in you. 
And when no one else believes in our children, it is our responsibility to believe in them and see them for who they really are. See them for who they really are because there will be moments that they will even question who they really are. And they will lose sight of that at times. And you, as a mom, I am a full-grown adult, and sometimes I need my mom to still remind me who I am. Mom, I'm having a really tough day, and this person did this. Kate, you're amazing. I love you. And that's all I need, that, that moment with my mom. The second thing that Mary does is this. She is his greatest cheerleader. We cheer our kids on. You can do it. You can run this race, keep going, don't get discouraged because there's more than this in life. And here is Mary going, Jesus, you can do it. You got it. Could it be that he needed that in that moment too? As much as our children needed it, he needs it because he responds instantly. He goes, my time has not yet come. And yet his mom goes, you got it, kid. You got it. And he performs the miracle. And then the third thing is this. We are called to show off our children, to make them feel like they are the most amazing people we know. If we look at this scripture, it's obvious that Mary is a close friend of the, of the, of the family getting married here because she knows. She's aware of the problem. You're not telling the people you invited for the gifts alone about the wine that's no longer there. You're telling your close friends. You're panicking like, oh no, the wine is gone. So here she is and she goes... My son can do this. Like, I would want to show that off if my son could turn water into wine. It's pretty cool. So here she is. She's, cheer, she's, she's showing him off. She's like, look at my son, whom I'm so proud of. I'm so proud of you. I take my son, Ezra, like out and about because he's really, really cute. I'm in pajamas and like haven't showered in days. But my son looks good. He looks good. And I have people go, oh my gosh, that's the cutest boy I've ever seen because he goes, hi, nice to meet you. And they're like, wow, he's the cutest child I've ever seen. I'm like, I know, he really is. But I love to show him off because I'm so proud of who he is. And his mom's that matters. That kid has the highest self-esteem because I tell him every day he's the coolest kid I know, right? So now he tells me he's the coolest kid he knows. <laughs> but it matters. What you're doing matters. Here's a short video that I want you to watch that has to do with this. Just give me one second. Thank sure. you. Sorry. Uh-huh. Two minutes. Thank you. Hi, good afternoon. Sorry about hey, that. Oi. Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job. It's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, 
For how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. so like no lunch? You can or... have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh, I think that's a little intense. No. no. Not possible. That's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment, if you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is gonna go up, and we demand that. With, with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost a, a very, very sick, twisted joke. But when there's time to sleep, or... Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is gonna pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono, completely for free. <laughs> no! What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh! <laughs> And they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Moms are the best! Yeah, there's no pay. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. Thank you so much for everything you do. I know it doesn't seem like I appreciate all of it, but I definitely do. So, Mom, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I love you very much. You've been there through thick and thin. My mom is just awesome. She's awesome. Thank you, moms, because what you do really does matter. The myth or the lie that I think the enemy likes to come in and tell you is what you do doesn't matter and you're not important or that no one sees you. But even in watching that video, right, we moms matter. I mean, it's a 24-7, 365 days a year job and it matters. So keep doing what you're doing. The second truth I would want to share with you today is this God chose he chose you for your kids. A lot of times we think of it the other way, that God chose our kids for us, which is absolutely true. But we don't think of it from the point of view of God, when he was making our babies, handpicked us for them. 
He picked us for them. And there's moments where we start to doubt that and question that. And we look at other moms in our life and we go, she's the perfect mom. I wish I was her. My kids deserve a mom like that. So we begin to play the comparison game. Oh, that mom buys organic food? I'm feeding my kids Totinos every night. (laughs) Oh, that mom homeschools. I barely see my kid. I don't even know what his homework is today, right? We begin to make this game of comparison. Or if you work, you feel guilty and you think that mom's better because she stays home. Or if you stay home, you think, hey, that working mom really seems to have it together and I haven't even brushed my hair today. We begin to play this game with ourselves. I'm not a good mom. I'm not adequate. I wish my kid had another mom, or I wish I was like the other moms that I knew. But when you begin to live like that, and you begin to act like that, you no longer are the mom God chose for your kids. You're no longer the person that God had in mind when he made your baby in your womb, or the baby you adopted. You no longer are operating out of the gifting God has placed inside of you. In 2 Thessalonians 1.11, Paul tells us, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith, your faith prompts you to do. So moms, I'm asking you today, what is your faith prompting you to do? Who is God calling you to be in your kids' life? If you're a stay-at-home mom who does that and you feel called to that, you'd be the best stay-at-home mom you know how to be because your kids need that mom. Could it be possible that when you feel called to it, it's because God had in mind that your kids would be designed to need that type of mother? Or could it be if you're the working mom, be the best working mom you know how to be. Be that mom and be proud of it and don't be ashamed of it because the person next to you isn't that mom. If God is prompting you to be that, be that because that's what your child needs. That's who he or she needs you to be. They need you. And when you're operating in, I'm going to look like this mom. I'm going to try to be this mom. It's not going to be what your kid needs. What is your faith prompting you to do? Now, if you are in a job or you are living in um, a place and you know that you know that God has called you to be a different type of mom and you're not operating in that, I would encourage you, begin to pray to the Lord. God, show me how to make that happen. If you feel called to be a stay-at-home mom, ask God, how can that happen? Lord, show it to me. I'll step out in faith because if he's calling you to something, he'll certainly be faithful to provide a way to that. Ask him, what do you want me to be? Who do you want me to be? When I first had Ezra all those long two years ago, I asked every mom I knew, like, how do you, how do, you do this? How, how do, you, do you bottle feed? Do you nurse? Do you put them to bed? Do you, like, there, there are a thousand ways. Like, like, there's thoughts of, well, don't allow your child to fall asleep rocking them because that's bad. So you have to let them fall asleep in their crib awake right? We've read all these things as moms or teenagers, don't do this with them or don't do this. Or if you aren't feeding them organic grass-fed beef, your kids aren't going to be healthy. There's all these different 
things that we're told as moms. And I was trying to be every type of mom because everyone had different advice for me. And God finally had to get a hold of me and go, no, 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 no. Who are you? Because that's who your baby needs. That's where he is going to thrive. Now my mom, <clears throat> now that I'm an adult, which by the way, my mom's awesome. She's the best mom ever. If everyone could have my mom, they would love her. And I recognize that not everyone gets that and had that in life, but my mom really is amazing and was loving and was caring. But even at that, I now hear her have like regrets in her life of, I wish I would have done this with you guys. And one of her regrets is we did not eat dinner together as a family every single night. We had five, there was five kids in our family and my youngest brothers played football, which took up pretty much all of our time. Thanks guys. But it was just not a feasible thing for seven people to sit down every single night and eat dinner together, which was totally fine with me because I got Totino's or cereal or whatever I wanted for dinner. Like, it was great. So my mom was telling me this the other day. I wish I, I, wish I would have done that for you guys. And I hadn't even thought of it until she brought it to my attention. I was like, oh, not a big deal. Because here's the thing. I didn't need that. God knew that when he gave me my mom, that that wasn't a thing I would need in my life. And I would say that's true of my siblings as well. Like none of us sit around and are like, mom didn't make us dinner every night. Like it just, that just doesn't come up in our conversation. But here's what my mom was amazing at doing, is celebrating every single day. And specifically holidays. My mom can throw a party. <laughs> This past Christmas, I told her, I was like, Mom, you're like Mrs. Claus. And she goes, no, I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> and I thought about it, and I was like, you totally are Santa Claus. You've turned our whole house growing up into the North Pole. It took her, I think, a week, probably a week, to get up all her Christmas decorations because there's so many. She loves to celebrate. But even on the smaller holidays, Valentine's, right, this is a day for dating people. Well, I never thought of it like that. I don't even think I knew that it was like a romantic holiday because my mom like made it the best day ever. And we would wake up with cards from her and balloons. And then we'd go downstairs and my mom had woken up early to make us heart-shaped pink pancakes. And then we'd get to school and though it may not have been homemade, the meal itself, right? She had made us napkins cut into hearts and love letters to her kids of, you're awesome, I love you. And for St. Patrick's Day, who celebrates St. Patrick's Day? Heathens. <laughs> I see you, just joking, my mom celebrates it. We should take us to McDonald's, yeah, we even ate McDonald's growing up and we turned out just fine. But we would get the shamrock shakes and I just remember like every day was a celebration with my mom because that's what I needed. Those were the things I needed from a mom. So when she operated out of who she was, I felt fully fulfilled and satisfied as a child growing up. Be the best mom God has created you to be. The myth then would be someone else could do this better than me. Maybe for another kid, maybe for their kids. We're in the middle of potty training right now. It's brutal. Every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, today's the day. And my son makes it about an hour, and then I'm like, never mind, we're back to diapers. <laughs> and I feel bad for that. And I compare myself, well, my best friend already has her son potty trained, but it's like, my mom, even, my mom reminded me of this. Hey, if you're not ready, it's he's ready. If you're not ready, 
don't be ready. Be the best mom you know how to be. The last thing, the last truth I want to leave you with is this. You are leaving a legacy. Whether you are aware of it or not, we're passing on something to our children. If you look up legacy in the dictionary, it is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. This often is something we think of as a physical thing, as the inheritance we're going to give them, how much money we are leaving our children with. If you own a company, you hope that your child will inherit that company. What on this earth can we leave them with? But there's a greater legacy that I want to focus on today, and is what spiritual legacy are you leaving your kids? What are you doing day in and day out to leave a legacy behind? Because here's the thing. I love my boys, and they are wonderful and so sweet, but more than anything else, I want them to know Jesus. And when I'm gone, I want them to tell people about me. My mom was probably crazy, but she loved Jesus. And every morning she read her Bible in front of us. And every night she sang worship songs to us out of tune, but she loved Jesus. And she taught us how to love Jesus. And even if you didn't get that, or you didn't do this at a young age, the amazing thing about our father is he's so gracious, and it's never too late to start this. God can transform us in a second. God can change the past. God maybe not change the past, but our future can be changed in him. God can do that. So begin to walk this out. What legacy are you leaving for your children? What do you want to leave for your children? And I know this is true. Because Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. Timothy had an inheritance from his grandmother and his mother, and it now is living or was living in him. We pass that on from generation to generation. What are you passing on? What are you giving my great-grandmother died when my grandpa was a very young um, little boy. And he, she called him on her deathbed. She called him to her, and she put her hand on him, and she prayed for him. And her prayer was this, may you know Jesus your whole life. And not, she didn't just stop there, but she said, may your children know Jesus, may their children know Jesus, and may their children know Jesus. So my grandpa loves Jesus. He's an inspiration to me. He, he loves the Lord and has just, he's a good man. He's a good man. And he had five children, and he taught them the things of the Lord. My mom had five children, and my grandparents, actually, they have 17 grandchildren. How crazy is that? And all of them have had an experience with Jesus. And now, those 17 grandchildren, and we're still counting, but I think, it, I think it's 39. My grandparents have 39 great-grandchildren, and it's still going. <laughs> 39. And those kids are being raised in the things of the Lord. And sometimes a legacy is often left with our prayers. If that's all you have, you pray. Pray, because it makes a difference. I'm here today because of the prayers of my great-grandmother, 
My grandpa didn't even get to have her growing up, but she prayed for him, and God heard her prayers. We are leaving a legacy. The lie then would be what you do doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference, but you make a difference. Your kids are watching. Whether they are two years old or 30 or 50, your kids are watching you. We need you, moms. We need you. We need you. Um, I recognize as I end this message that this day is not a celebration for every woman sitting in this room. That this is also a hard day if you've experienced heartache or loss of your mom, or if your mom wasn't a, a uh, present mom like I'm talking about, I recognize that this day is, is not an all-encompassing day. But I came across something uh, this past week. It was called An Open Letter to Pastors on Mother's Day. So I, of course, clicked on it on Facebook after I read my Bible and prayed. But I, I, I read it and it connected so deeply with me and I want to share it with you because I want to include not just the cookie cutter mom, but there's all types of different walks that we are on. So to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. If this is your first Mother's Day today, you made it. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. It's the best gift. But to those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. Today would not be an easy day if that is where you are at. And as a church, we mourn with you today. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badges of food stains, we appreciate you. Thank you for doing it. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. Please hear me today say that. If you are a mentor mom and a spiritual mom in this church, we desperately need you. There are not enough of you, and we need you. And as much as it's a celebration for me, it's a celebration for you today. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. But to those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, today we sit with you. We comfort you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. It's a little less full this year for you. To those who experience abuse at the hands of their own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. Thank you for teaching us to drive, moms. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you wanted it to be. To those who step-parent, 
We walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not meant to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in this upcoming year, as kids are graduating right now, we grieve with you and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. You're still a mom and today is still for you. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expectant and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember each and every one of you today. Would you please stand with me as I pray? God, we thank you for moms in every which way that they look, whether it's a mentor mom, a physical mom, a stepmom. God, we thank you for all the moms that are in this room and we, we walk with you today. Thank you for what you're doing. May you have strength. May you know that you matter. May you remember that God chose you and may you walk every day. How am I leaving a legacy today? And for those who are hurting today, for those who have miscarried and for those who are struggling and so desperately want to be a mom, we remember you today. We hold your hands today and we sit with you today and we pray for you that God would comfort you, that God would bring you the desires of your heart. God, would you fill this room with life for those who are so desperately wanting it in their wombs. God, would you fill those women with life today, Father God? Would you bring hope to hopeless situations, Jesus? God, thank you for a day where we get to celebrate real warriors. Thank you, God. We love you and we give you today and we give you our moms and we lift them up to you and ask, would you bless them today, Jesus? In your name, amen.